Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Live. You're down with Rappaport. Yes, I am. 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 You better tune in. I am Rappaport.com. Because every single podcast, you know he drops bombs. I seen him on set. A seasoned vet with true talent. Catch him on his way to CrossFit. Rocking the new balance. He asked me to do the track because he know I rhyme elite. But I'm just waiting for the Robert De Niro line of the week. Breakfast of champions. Toasted bagel, cream cheese, and locks. This is I am Rappaport. The show never stops. You might catch him out in public, stretching his knees. But if you don't listen to the show, yo, wiggle, please. Wiggle, please. This is the What's up? This is Michael Rapport. You are now listening to the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast in prime time. Exclusive podcasting, premium podcasting coming live and direct. Today, we're going deep, deep, deep to celebrate the great James Brown. James Brown's birthday, May 3rd. Is upon us, of course, uh, the great James Brown passed, uh, but we will continue to celebrate him, celebrate his music, celebrate his influence on, on modern music, celebrate his influence on disco, on, and of course, on hip-hop. So today, 
on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, two very, very special guests who I handpicked when I realized it was James Brown's birthday. I thought of two people who I know for a fact who have been, whose lives have been inspired by James Brown, whose work has been inspired by James Brown. We got the chocolate boy wonder, soul brother number one, the great Pete Rock, producer extraordinaire, of course from Pete Rock and CL Smooth and all things he's done on his own, the great Pete Rock, the chocolate boy wonder, is coming on the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast today to talk about James Brown, talk about what James Brown means to him, talk about what James Brown means to hip-hop, and to try to explain to me what the one is. A lot of times when people talk about James Brown, they talk about the ones and the twos, and he came in on the ones or the two. I don't know. It's some musician funk shit. So the Chocolate Boy Wonder, Pete Rock, is uh, joining me on today's I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. And my main man, original beat junkie, DJ extraordinaire, James Brown. I call him the, I personally call him the James Brown Whisperer. This guy knows every single thing there is to know about James Brown. The great J-Rock from the Beat Junkies. Listen, there's been a lot, a lot of great mixtapes done with James Brown music. Um, Pete Rock, Primo, Premier. I mean, the list goes on and on. If you're a DJ, you've done something uh, with James Brown music. But in my opinion, the two J-Rock James Brown mixes, part one and part two, are the very, very, very best of just all original James, flipping it, scratching it, looping it, doing all kinds of shit to it. So we have one of the original beat junkies, my main man, J-Rock, to also come on, talk about James Brown, what he means to him, break down his music, what funk is, um, and just, it's a, it's all James Brown, I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, plus, we're in prime time. Kanye, you're not going to... F- Listen, I'm not fucking babysitting you anymore, okay? I'm not fucking babysitting you anymore. The world is not going to fucking babysit you anymore. See, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast, in prime time, special guest, Pete Rock, the Chocolate Boy Wonder, and J-Rock, one of the original beat junkies, all James Brown, everything, talking Kanye, we're talking Drake, talking shit to Kendrick Perkins, and Tom Arnold, where the fuck the tape's at, Duke? I heard him on Howard Stern this morning sounding fucking loopy and out of his fucking tree. Where the motherfucking tapes are doing all that and more. Primetime podcasting. Miles Jordan. Let me get something funky. Huh. All right. Sam Rapport Stereo Podcast. I'm going solo on that ass. G Moody is in the Boogie Down Bronx. Uh, dealing with his some uh, school-ending affairs with his little daughter. Um, as I told you, we're talking James Brown. It's his birthday. It would be the late, great James Brown birthday, May 3rd. Should be a national holiday. Um, seriously, James Brown, uh, it, it should be some sort of artistic national holiday. I'm not saying you got to, like, shut down schools and all that, but uh, the contribution to American music is shit. I mean, no one has really done more. Um, And we talk about an artist and talk about a crazy artist 
I totally understand. I know I've talked about this before, I think on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, but never in primetime. We are in primetime right now. Um, the thing about James Brown that I always imagined, I mean, you know, he had a crazy life, you know, struggled with drugs, crazy upbringing, dirt poor, poverty. Um, the insanity that must have been in his head. The chaos. The... The sounds that he heard in his head. This is an untrained musician. Um, but he had these sounds, these thoughts, these ideas, these groundbreaking sounds, thoughts, and ideas in his head. And number one, being an untrained musician. Um, and number two, just sort of being clogged with that sort of creativity. I, I could see that making somebody crazy. Um, and the ramifications of that sort of ultra, super duper brilliance. And creativity making you nuts. Imagine having those screams, those shrieks, those drums, those horns, all that stuff in your brain and and, and trying to get it out. Um, this is pre-internet. I mean, like he's not writing, he's trying to explain it. I always I always imagine that with James Brown. Um and I, I've always loved his music. G Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. Uh, uh, that's something that we've always listened listened to, um, and and you know, growing up, when I grew up in the '70s and the '80s, you know, you heard James Brown, um, you heard his music, you heard his name. I mean, it was like something he was just part of, you know, the music lexicon. If you're that age, my age, obviously, people in the '50s and '60s, they were, you know, more exposed to him, and he was sort of breaking and breaking ground as a musician. But honestly. I started really, really being able to go back and appreciate specifically James Brown after hip-hop. Uh, he was sampled so much by so many people, um, and he was so talked about and revered in hip-hop. Uh, and, and that's why I think it's important to talk about uh, and, and revere him and celebrate him on his birthday uh, uh, throughout the year. Um, I know for me, I go through periods of time where I'll just do I'm going James Brown for the next two days all James Brown everything not even the, the the music that was sampled in hip-hop just all James Brown everything I've made a bunch of playlists in my opinion if you don't really know James Brown music you should start off with James Brown funky people parts one and two is is a great way to start um learning loving and appreciating James Brown it, it's uh, you know, stuff that, that he's on, stuff that JB's, other people that he produced. Um, I highly recommend James Brown's Funky People Parts 1 and Part 2. Obviously, you could listen to uh, Live at the Apollo. Um, and you really can't go wrong with, with any James Brown. There's like a James Brown all ballads record um, that I love. Um, if, you, if you don't know James and you want to like just sort of jump into it, download those those records. Uh, buy those records, whether you're in vinyl whether you're on Spotify, whether you're on Tidal, whether you're on iTunes. Uh, and then you could get the JB's records, um, which are ridiculous. Um, and then when you want to get a little a little bit more wild and a little bit more exploratory with it, uh, you could get James Brown, Grits and Soul. Um, and just listen, the, the James Brown, uh, you, you're not going to go wrong, but if you really... If you really want to like start a starter kit, I would start with James Brown's uh, Funky People. 
Um, so as I told you, we got the great Pete Rock, producer extraordinaire, the chocolate boy wonder, uh, friend, known him for a while, was in the Tribe Called Quest documentary. I've just known him throughout New York. Um, I, I remember I met him when uh, we were uh, doing press for Higher Learning. I, I bumped into him, um, and uh, you know we've always been cool ever since. Just a very good dude, fun dude, good sense of humor, loves the fucking Knicks, knows the pain and suffering it is to be a Knicks fan. So we got uh, Pete Rock, and then we got my man Jay Rock. Um, and uh, as I told you earlier, yo, download, find his two... Um, James Brown mixes James Brown 1 and James Brown 2 they are fantastic uh, you download DJ Premier's mixes he's done an all hip hop mix of all, all the songs that James Brown um, has used and sampled some of them you can, you can never do the whole thing because it's been done good bad um, and, and incredibly for so long uh, but Primo Premier has a dope ass foundation of hip hop mix um, and he's got like you know, do the James, fuck the police, uh, Raw, Big Daddy Kane, I Ain't No Joke, Eric B and Rakim, I Know You Got Soul, also Eric B and Rakim, it's a demo, set it off, Big Daddy Kane, I mean, listen, everybody and anybody has sampled James Brown, we're gonna get into that. I Am Rap Stereo Podcast, in prime time, so for about the last week, Kanye fucking West has been looking for a shoulder to cry on. And an ear to be listened to, to be heard by. And I've had enough. Enough is enough. I woke up today with a fucking Kanye West hangover. I've had enough of this fucking guy. Um, yesterday, friend of the Iron Rap Poor Stereo Podcast, Charlemagne the God, dropped about a two-hour interview with this fucking guy. And it's, it, it's interesting in parts. And it's not Charlemagne's fault. Um, he was great. He was patient. He was challenging. He was fair but firm. Um, his interview is great. One of the things that he talks about uh, in his interview, Kanye West, is that he's building a city in his 300 acres uh, that he owns in Wyoming. And I don't give a fuck. I already saw this documentary and we documented it here on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. It's called Wild Wild Country. You're not building a fucking city, you fucking kook. You're not building amusement parks. That's what he was on a couple of years ago. You're not doing any of that shit, okay? What you need to do, Kanye West, is get yourself some fucking help. Settle the fuck down, okay? And if you're building a fucking city... Why aren't you building it in Chicago? You're Mr. Chicago. You're always talking about Chicago. Always rapping about Chicago. Why the fuck do you want to build a city in Wyoming? Why aren't you in Chicago? You publicly shitted on Barack Obama because he didn't help the city of Chicago. Yet you're talking about building a city in Wyoming and not Chicago. Some motherfucker went up to TMZ, crashed TMZ. Well, he probably told them he was coming up there. They were probably elated. They were probably fucking elated. Kanye West is coming to us during the middle of a, a, a manic uh, outbreak. 
Get all the fucking cameras running. You know, at TMZ with Harvey Levin and all those motherfuckers, they got cameras all over. They're like, run all the cameras. Everybody get your cell phones out. We're not going to miss a minute of this shit. So he went up there talking all kinds of crazy shit. The thing that's been discussed the most is him saying uh, that slavery is he is a choice. For 400 years, that's a choice. There were a whole bunch of y'all as if he would have done shit. He acts like he's some sort of tough guy. Talking about slavery and it was a choice and there was a bunch of y'all and it went down for 400 years. What are you fucking talking about? He didn't bring up the, the Armenian genocide. You know, his wife is Armenian. He didn't bring up that as a choice. He didn't bring up the Holocaust as a choice. He brought up slavery being a choice. Shut the fuck up. Nut job. And, and, and a lot of this people are talking about mental health, mental health, and he's obviously crazy. Listen, I ain't a doctor, okay? I'm not a doctor. I'm not a fucking doctor. I don't know if this guy's crazy. He seems fucking crazy. But I'll tell you one thing. There's thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon millions of people in the world that are crazier than this fucking guy who don't have access to Charlemagne the God, don't have Twitter accounts. They're so fucking crazy. They don't have Twitter accounts. They don't know what Twitter is. They don't have carte blanche to go into TMZ whenever they want. I don't feel bad for this fucking guy. Okay? I want him to shut the fuck up. I've had enough. Me and G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty, we suggested three years ago, TMZ needs to hire... People fresh out of jail and gang members that want to get their life together, tough motherfuckers. Paparazzi, hire some tough motherfuckers. So when Kanye West comes up to your office talking all kind of shit, you got a guy with a deep voice, chest naked in the office who could be like, yo, man, shut the fuck up, man. Shut the fuck up, man. Sit the fuck down and let Harvey conduct the motherfucking interview, man. Shut the fuck up. You're up here taking over the whole fucking place, talking all kind of bullshit, talking about you had to get liposuction because you didn't want to be called fat. So you got liposuction. He blames it on TMZ and the rest of the world that that he didn't want to be called fat. So he got liposuction. I don't know if he got the, the family trademark fat ass put in. Like his wife, his mother-in-law, And his sisters-in-law, you know, they all have the trademark Kardashian plastic surgery given ass. I don't know if Kanye wanted to do that or he just wanted some of the fat sucked out of him. I have yet to get liposuction. But if I got liposuction, I would not be blaming it on anybody else. It would be because I've, I've come to terms with the fact that I am a lazy, ice cream, donut eating Double fisting, hamburger, fried chicken, pancake, waffle, prosciutto eating motherfucker. That, that, that's what I have to come to terms with. You love ice cream. You love lasagna. You love pasta. You fat slob you. Talking to myself here. You've given up on CrossFit, on hot yoga. You've given up on juice fasting. Blame yourself, you sloppy dog. This is to myself now. I'm going to get liposuction because I'm a fat piece of shit. I wouldn't blame Harvey Levin and the good people at TMZ. I just called them good people. 
I don't really think all of them are good people. I don't think they're bad people. But if I got the liposuction, I know that it would be a choice that I made simply because I am a fat, sloppy, chocolate ice cream eating pig. Hot dog, pizza eating motherfucker. And I've given up. Given up on CrossFit, on giving up on all of it. But not Kanye. He blames the fucking world for going to get plastic surgery. I don't know if it was to fit into those skinny jeans that he was so proud that he got the rest of the goddamn world to wear. Maybe he didn't fit in your fucking skinny jeans. I don't know what. Then he talked about at TMZ how he how he got addicted to opioids because he was uh, got the liposuction and so on. And listen, I'm not babysitting this motherfucker. This has been going on for a week. The entire world has been babysitting Kanye West. I got my own fucking problems. Okay? I got bills to be paid. Got my own fucking kids. Got my own fucking dog. Got my wife. Got my parents. Got my own concerns. I'm not babysitting this fucking crybaby. Whining, narcissistic, self-centered, egotistical crybaby. Motherfucker talking all this shit. All he does is sit around and read inspirational quotes and then quotes the quotes that he read from the quote book. Shut the fuck up. None of this would happen if TMZ hired some gang members that were on a reform and reconstruct their life, some some people out of jail that are looking for a new start in life, and they were up there at the TMZ offices, they would have been like, yo, man, shut the fuck up and sit down, man. Shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down. You wouldn't hear a peep from Kanye West. He's up there bullying and talking all this bullshit to the people at TMZ. Not that they didn't love it. They loved it. They fucking loved it. Don't blame the rest of the world. Don't blame Harvey Levin and TMZ for you refusing to do some squats and some crunches. Okay? You're blaming everyone. Okay? But you're not blaming yourself. You're not blaming your family. And pimpin' Chris Jenner, where the fuck are you? Where the fuck is pimpin' Chris Jenner? Whenever the shit hits the fan, pimpin' Chris Jenner is nowhere to be found. When things are great, when shit is sweet, pimping Chris Jenner, she's up there, she's at the red carpet, she's got a show, she's on Ellen, she's on Good Morning America. This guy's obviously fucking whacked out of his fucking tree. Pimping Chris Jenner is nowhere to be found. Kim, come get your fucking man. One of the other things that he talked about uh, with Charlemagne is how. At one of his fashion shows, he was 45 minutes late and how he felt like the fashion world uh, LeBroned him and how they turned on him and they treated him like he was an N-word. And that's, I thought that was the mentality. I thought that was slave mentality. Just earlier in the last few weeks, you were saying you need to, it's about a mentality and changing the mentality. But when the fashion world turns on you, you, oh, they're treating me like an N-word. They're trying to keep me in line and all that. Why do you give a fuck what the fashion world thinks about you? Worry about what the hip-hop community thinks about you. He's all upset about, oh, the fashion world. You know, they, were, they were trying to marginalize you. Shut the fuck up. Okay? Shut the fuck up, Kanye West. I've had enough. 
Give this fucking guy some warm milk, a blanket, and go to fuck to sleep. I know Nas is probably like, yo, if he is in fact producing Nas's album, because in my opinion, I think that this is just something he tweeted out. Like maybe he did a song or two with Nas and he's like, I'm doing this whole album. I guarantee you Nas right now is like, yo, Duke, Duke, don't say my name out your mouth. I don't put out that much music. I got my own problems. I got my ex-wife accusing me of this and that. I don't need to be tied up with you. Nas might take the record from this fucking guy. Be like, I don't, I don't give a fuck how great and brilliant uh, these songs might be. I can't be associated with this fucking nutcase. I've had enough of this fucking guy. I'm sure Nas Escobar has had enough of him too. Worrying about what the fucking fashion world thinks. Of. Worry about what the hip-hop community thinks about you. Get on Instagram, motherfucker. Get off Twitter. Get on Instagram and look at some of your comrades in hip-hop, what the fuck they're saying about you. Because you sound nuts. You sound crazy on the yard. And there's been some crazy motherfuckers in the music industry, but you take the fucking cake. Fucking cuckoo. Cuckoo Kanye. See, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast in primetime. Okay? Primetime podcasting. Listen... For people that have downloaded the I Am Rappaport Stereo app, all exclusive, exclusive for the people that have downloaded the I Am Rappaport app, 40% off everything. We have beautiful butter soft t-shirts. We have the me and G Moody hand-drawn championship podcasting t-shirt. The Sucker Shit t-shirt in white and in black. The Stickman 33, shout out to Pat Ewing t-shirt. Georgetown Colors. The the Disruptive Behavior t-shirt. The Disruptive Behavior hats. All, all I Am Rappaport Butter Soft t-shirts and hats. All merchandise available now for everybody who downloaded the app. 40% off. We're practically giving it away. Shout out to Crazy Eddie. Use the promo code CHAMP and rest assured, the more you wash the t-shirts, the more you wear the t-shirts, the better they get, the better they feel, the softer they get, the softer they feel because they're butter soft. What else is going on? What else is going on in primetime? So I heard Tom Arnold was on Howard Stern this morning and Howard's the best. He's the best. He's so much more patient than, than I know I would have been. Uh, he's so much more patient than most people would have been. Tom Arnold, who I like. I know Tom. He's a nice guy. We, we, we asked him before uh, on this podcast. He's been talking about his, his Donald Trump tapes. Now he's got some show on Viceland in search of the Donald Trump tapes. He was rambling the fuck on with Howard. Howard was like, what do you got? Every time he said, what do you got? He's giving him side answers. and You know, old Howard Stern would be like, What do you got, motherfucker? And we're going to kick you the fuck out. You came on the show to promote a new show you have on Viceland called Searching for the Donald Trump Tapes. And then you won't say if you have tapes or you don't have tapes. And it wasn't like he was trying to coerce you into watching the show. He's just fucking double talking. I ask you again, Tom Arnold, where the tapes at? Not what you know exists. Not what you think exists. Not what could exist. Where the tapes at? Says he knows about piss tapes. Says he knows about tapes. Him saying uh, racial epithets. Says he got this, that. Where they at, Duke? Where the fucking tapes at? 
I tried to call into the Howard Stern show while it was going on, and I wanted to say right there on Howard's show, where the fucking tape's at? We're deep in the midst of the NBA playoffs. LeBron James, somehow, someway, and his Cleveland Cavaliers pulled off the win, game one, in Toronto. And I'm torn. I'm torn. Watching Drake and his bullshit. You know, he's the number one Toronto Rap- Raptors fan. Watching his bullshit. I don't know what bothers me more. I didn't know who to, who to root for. Can I sit there and root for the Toronto Raptors at home with Drake sitting on the sideline? I can't really support fucking Drake sitting on the... It's just something about this fucking guy. Something about this fucking guy annoys me. The good guy, nice guy, I know, blah, blah, blah. He makes good songs, but just, just sit the fuck down. You're not part of the game. As much as I like to talk shit, you never see me at a game talking shit to the actual players. Trying to immerse yourself in the game. You're not part of the team. Okay? You're just Drake. Sit the fuck down. He's always talking. So I said in a couple episodes on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, what I said, I said, this fucking guy, somebody needs to tell him to sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up. So apparently at halftime, Kendrick Perkins of the Cleveland Cavaliers, who wasn't even suited up, he said some slick shit to Kendrick Perkins. And Kendrick Perkins, as we all know, is bout it, bout it. He stepped to Drake and was like, My man, sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up. He said that from about five, ten feet away, and then Drake wasn't saying anything, and then when Kendrick Perkins walked away, Drake continued to talk. Like, you you want that smoke with Kendrick Perkins. You don't want that smoke with K-Perk. But I'm in a conundrum. I'm in a conundrum. I might have to take this series off. Like, fuck it. If LeBron wins, fine. If LeBron loses... Fine, because it's the lesser of two evils. It's like devil's pie. Of course I want LeBron James to lose, but then I have to sit there and have Drake win? I don't know. I might just have to mind my fucking business with this one. I might have to mind my fucking... But I am so... I guarantee you Drake will not say another word to Kendrick Perkins ever again. He may never say the words Kendrick or Perkins ever again. Because Kendrick Perkins is... a. He's about about it. What else is going on? I don't know what else is going on. This really bothered me. The, the, the Boy Scouts of America. I was a Boy Scout for about, I don't know, a month. They kicked me out. Boy Scouts have been around for hundreds of years. Uh, the Boy Scouts of America... It's been around a hundred years, hundreds of years. I don't know, seventy-nine years, eighty-something years, because of the woman's movement and all this bullshit. And granted, granted, there's Girl Scouts. There are Girl Scouts, but the Boy Scouts been around for a hundred and eight years or ninety-seven years. I don't know. Are dropping the word. Boy from their flagship program. They are dropping the word. The Boy Scouts have to drop the word boy from their flagship program. That is some bullshit. That is some bullshit. Listen, if a little girl wants to be in the Boy Scouts, you know what you could say? No. 
You don't have to give every little kid what they want. A little girl wants to be in the Boy Scouts? Sorry, Becky. Sorry, uh, Lauren. Sorry, Jamie. The Boy Scouts are for little boys. But because there's been so much, uh, 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 you know, with the women's movement and the girls this and the identity and all, now the Boy Scouts uh, have to be called something else. The word boy is being taken out of the Boy Scouts. But the name girl isn't being taken out of the Girl Scouts. This is some bullshit. Let me tell you something. I went to camp when I was a kid. I went to sleepaway camp from when I was 6 to 13. I finally got kicked out of camp for the final time when I was 13. Went and spent uh, the summer of 1983, the month of August, with my sister in Los Angeles. Changed my life forever. Okay, but I loved camp. Two months, sleepaway camp. All boys camp. Okay? Had a great fucking time. There were no girls in the camp. It was all boys. We had a quote-unquote sister camp that was all girls, and that's the way it should fucking be, okay? Because for the majority of the boys and the majority of the girls, particularly when you're that age, I said majority, I didn't say all, we're into different shit, okay? And if you're a girl that's into shit that you don't like at the girls' camp, so what? Too bad. Don't go to the girls' camp. Everybody else shouldn't have to suffer because a few people see things differently. Now the Boy Scouts can't be the fucking Boy Scouts. Imagine me at eight years old, me, Michael Rapper. I was a fucking pain in the ass, a disruptive lunatic. I was a disruptive lunatic. Nursery school, they put me with the five-year-olds when I was four because I was so disruptive. Got kicked out of the third grade in public school. New York City, because I was so disruptive. Imagine me in the third grade. I don't know how old you are, the eight, nine, ten, whatever the fuck you are. The pain in the ass that I am. Say, Dad, you know, I don't want to be a Boy Scout. I want to be a Girl Scout. You know what my father and my mother and the Girl Scout community would have told me? Shut the fuck up. We don't want you in, you fucking lunatic. Sorry. No one would have felt bad for me. Not one person would have been like, oh, what about his feelings? They would have said, this fucking kid is a pain in the ass. We don't want him in the Boy Scouts. We don't want him in the girl. We don't want him. That's what they told me. And, and, and that's good. I deserved it. We got to stop coddling these fucking kids. We got to change all the fucking rules. And it's not the kids. It's the fucking parents. No means no. You fuck you. That doesn't just mean no means no to men when they're trying to touch grown-up women's no means no to little kids. No means fucking no. Sit the fuck down, shut the fuck up, and eat your applesauce. Crisscross applesauce. You're lucky you got a fucking juice box, you little shit. If I had been told that more when I was a kid, who the hell knows what I'd be? I wouldn't be as disruptive as I am. The world would not have primetime podcasting as it does now. But I slipped through the cracks in general with these little fucking kids. No. Little nine-year-old Deborah. She's a girl. She doesn't want to be a Girl Scout. She wants to be a Boy Scout. Sorry, Charlie. Sorry. We'll figure this shit out later. You don't get what you want. Girl Scouts are the Girl Scouts. Boy Scouts are the Boy Scouts. Okay? 
Because I don't see it working uh, both ways. I just see the Boy Scouts now have to call themselves something else. I don't fact check at the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. I was too offended and appalled by the fact that we have to do this bullshit. Listen. James Brown's birthday, okay? This podcast is dedicated to John Jabbo Starks. The second of James Brown's drummers, the other funky drummer as they called him, Clyde Stubblefield was the first James Brown drummer. Uh, he just passed, just passed a couple of days ago um, at 79 years old. Obviously got to live a long life. Um, uh, but we are, are celebrating James Brown. We are dedicating this podcast, James Jabbo Starks. Coming up next on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, my man, Pete Rock, the chocolate boy wonder. We're talking all James Brown. Then I'm going to follow that up with my man J-Rock, original beat junkie. And then I am going to close the show with five very sick fucks of the week. Coming up next, Miles, let me get something funky, all right? Because we got a true, true soul brother coming up next. Let me get something funky for Pete Rock. And then we're going right into my main man, J-Rock. Let's go. Feel good. Yeah. I know the job feel good too. Yeah. So we sure come through that thing. See, the fellas got afraid to get down like this. We're like, we're gonna do our thing, man. You understand? I gotta kick this thing off. Yeah. Can I kick it off? Yeah. One, two, three, four. Like rap, what's up, bro? Pete Rocker. What up? Ha. I'm chilling, <laughs> my man. What's going on? How you feeling, bro? I'm good, man. I'm just, you know, uh, you know, working on some stuff, you know, I got something coming out soon. All right. Well, I want to stay focused because I need a full Pete Rock podcast at some point, but I, I okay. promise you okay. it's going to be short and sweet and focus on okay. James Brown. Oh, man. I can't even imagine what he means to you <laughs> Um, and, and how, you know, like I don't expect you to be able to articulate everything that he, he, he means to you. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'll just ask you a few questions and then you could just veer off however you want because I'm sure he just means so much to you. So so my first question yeah, yeah. is, like, just as a fan, for you, mm -hmm. Pete Rock, mm -hmm. what does James Brown mean to you? Um, the soul brother number one, James Brown means to me um, everything you want to be as far as ambitious and... Being a musician. Mm. You understand? He covered every aspect, all corners, all holes were filled. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and he was easy to learn from and to be inspired by. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he just had the power. And when I met him, the surge went through my body as I shook his hand. Oh, you know shit. Saying? I didn't know you met him. Yeah, when I was seven years old, man. Holy shit, where'd you meet him? Uh, in Mount Vernon, in my hood. He came and performed with the JBs in, in my hood, man. Me, my younger brother, and my moms took us. You know what I'm saying? That's fucking crazy. That's nuts, right? That's nuts. That's how I, I always tell people that's how I think I became Pete Rock when I was touched by him. That's you know? fucking dope. Yep. 
And as a producer, mm-hmm. you know, specifically for you as a producer, mm-hmm. James Brown's music, what, what is it about the, the, the music, the slap, the sounds, the funk that you hear that, you know, gets your ears tingling, that gets you excited? I think it's James Brown's ear for musicians, you know what I'm saying? And then what was going on inside of his head, you know, like trying to get music out and uh, that's playing inside of his head and finding the right band members to to, to play what's going on in his head. Like Mm. that to me is very, 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 very interesting, you know, to know that this man thinks about music 24 seven, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, it's only natural for him to find what he needs sooner or later, you know, because at the time, you know, when he started, like, in the late 50s, early 60s, the music was being played differently, that, you know, and then he actually was the man who actually made the first funk soul record. Papa's got a brand new bag. Like, he, he, that's what he meant. Like, yo, I got a brand new bag and it's called Funk. Mm. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so he was titling, he was coming up with these like fantastic titles for, for, for records, you know, and then, you know, with the music to follow. So I think that's what it was. It was his ear to me was, was the most was the the biggest thing I was attracted to. Why? I mean, obviously it was, you know, it was just the the music was so young, uh, but hip hop, if if, you know, it was formed. So, I mean, I I don't even know how, like somebody I'm sure has a list of all the people. I mean, you guys have all, all of you, everybody, good, bad, great versions of museum quality versions, you know, Africa Bambada. uh, uh, I mean, everybody, all you, all you, all the producers, what it is Mm -hmm. about, uh, uh, James Brown and hip hop that were just so synonymous. Why was he like the go-to treasure chest endlessly? I mean, samples have been used. Uh, the same samples from the same songs have been used and flipped and, and, you know, to the most obscure, to the most basic, what is it yeah. about his music with hip hop that makes so much sense? I think because of how he made his music, it's like he made it. It's like it was hip hop and we didn't know it was hip hop. Mm. You see what I'm saying? His music was exciting and just soulful and funky and just, you know, had the baddest drummers and would, you know, do breakdowns and, you know, it was just sick and have the guitar player going crazy and the drummer just wilding out. You know what I'm saying? Like, why hip-hop was so attracted or made him the first go-to guy is because he was ready-made. Um. All right, so Pete. Can you explain to me what the one is? James Brown talks about coming in on the one. When you hear uh, people talk about James Brown music, uh, there's the ones, there's the twos. This is some real musician shit. So can you explain to me what the ones mean and coming in on a beat at the ones actually means? When the, when the beat first drops, you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, I know you got soul, right? Bobby Bird song. It starts off with just... It comes straight on. It just goes, and the one is the part that goes. Every time you hear, any time you hear me say, "boom," is the one. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? That's like, dope. That's the one, and that's what he was teaching his band, and that's what was going on in his head. So it was like the 
you know, the one and then the snare, you know, came right after. And then he just kind of repetitive, you know, made it repetitive. And which would be a, a drum pattern that he would, you know, you know, tell his band, hey, I want this, or I want you to play it like this. And then, you know, he was amazing, man. Magic. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was magical. And this is all dope shit, Pete. And my last question as far as the relevance of James Brown today and can his music and should his music still be inspiring uh, young producers in hip-hop today? I think James Brown's music should be inspiring to the new younger generation. It's very important that that they learn who that man was because um, he's the reason why all of this is happening. Even at least learn who the great musicians were since they all passed away. You know what I mean? Uh, Prince, Michael Jackson, James Brown, Isaac Hayes, Barry White. But James Brown's at the top of the list as far as um, being having the, the, the funkiest band and, and making the funkiest music. Then, you know, I always battle the JBs with Cool and the Gang. Okay, in terms of like the illest band? Yes. All right. Because Cool and the Gang is like one of the best. Un- underrated, too, like sort of underappreciated because of all the pop yes. music they made. I mean, it, it, yes. they were pop hits, right? Yep, yep, yep. But how else are you going to survive in the 80s? Because a lot of motherfuckers couldn't survive in the 80s. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I commend, I commend from, because they had hits. They had a lot of hits. Hell so yeah. Joints, and then the 80s came, they just killed the 80s. Yeah, they you killed know? that shit. They killed and, that shit. And they, they, they adjusted with the times. Yep, they sure did. That's what happened. They they adjusted. And the JBs, uh, like, to me, because you had Young Bootsy, you know, as the bass player, and, and all those other experienced musicians down with the JBs. It was like, they were the funkiest. All right, Pete Rock, listen, when I get back yes. to New York, we got to do the full Chocolate Boy Runder Okay. Sit down podcast to do all your shit because you know I've okay. been fucking rocking with your shit from Pete Rocket Seal Smooth to your. You already know. I mean, to the shut them to all your shit, man. Your, your <laughs> resume, your resume is too long to even go into. So I just wanted to yes, celebrate James. It's his birthday coming yes. up, and yep, and yep. you know he always gets me hyped when I think about his music, and 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 I just yeah. wanted to come right to the source. Someone who's used it, been inspired by it, and yep. uh, I appreciate you rocking with Pistol Pete all day, brother. Let me know what's up, bro. I'm here. All right, cool, Pete. I appreciate. All right, bro. I'll talk all right, to you no soon, problem. my man. All right, all right. All right. That was my man Pete Rock. Appreciate that. We're going to continue this James Brown, all James Brown Iron Rapport Stereo podcast. One of the original world famous beat junkies. If you don't know, it's like a hip hop crew of DJs. They tear shit down. My man Babu, Styles, DJ What. DJ Mellow D. I, I don't know them all off the top of the head, but they've been rocking since the 90s. World famous beat junkies. This is one of the original beat junkies. My man J-Rock. I call him the James Brown Whisperer. He's produced a whole bunch of shit for a whole bunch of other people. But he really, really could get inside James Brown. Let's go with my man J-Rock. Yo, yo. Mike. J-Rock. What up with it? Ha, 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 ha. It's Michael Rappaport, my man. Yes, sir. Mike Rapp. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good over here just making a little James Brown mix. 
Well, you're, you know, uh, no disrespect to anybody else. I said this before. I mean, uh, you know, if you're if you're a real DJ, everybody is, has done something with James Brown. But your funky president, part one and part two, in my opinion, those are my favorite ones. I don't say it's the best one because, like I said, there's some some. There's some good ones out there. There's some good Primo. ones. Primo. Yeah, Preems is dope. I mean, there's who, who, who are some other people that have done some mixes that that James Brown joints that stuck out to you. Man, only I have to say at uh, Cream really. That's the one I remember. Pete Rock though, he gets busy on the personal with the James Brown. Like that's his warm up record. So every time I've ever caught Pete, and and he gets into James Brown mode, he kills it. Um, he's definitely, he's definitely one one of the cats. So it's coming up on James Brown birthday. Yep, and uh, I mean. I'll just, you know, throw throw some stuff at you, man, because, you know, as far as, you know, based on like the stuff uh, that I've heard you do and, and, and the mixes, you just have such an understanding of his music and his music on, on, in regards to hip hop and, and you are, you're able to catch the breaks so lovely. So, so, I mean, my first question is like, what does James Brown music mean to you? If you could sum it up in, in, in words. Oh, man. Um just the, it's just it's just the funk the life in it the fun you can hear the fun in it and just know uh, it's so good but then as i learned more about the music itself like learning the musicians and and then notice that he's talking to the cats while he's playing and they're actually doing what he says at the time it's just he was just the best like his band was the best and he was, it was just so funky the way it was. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it just, it's just every day I always experience something new. Even the disco stuff I like. I like even the, when he got with the thick mustache, all them years too are good. He's still trying to be funky. I like, I, it just, it's just, James is just James to me. James is the best. No one beats James. Prince, Michael, nobody is James Brown. Cause without them, without him, there is no them. For sure, for sure. So, yeah, James Brown's the man. That's dope. To you, the word funk. If it, what, what what does that word mean to you? Like, what 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 does funk mean? Like, if somebody said to you, uh, if a little kid said, "J Rock, what is funk?" and you would try to explain it in the most basic terms, could you explain <laughs> it in words, or is it something that has to be only or, or articulated musically? Nah, it's just a feeling. I asked George Clinton the same question and he didn't have an answer for me either. It's just a feeling. It's just, uh, that's what it just boils down to. It's just, uh, it's just that, that feeling you get when you listen to something. Funk can be in anything though. There's some funky and there's some funk and some rock. There's some funk and some, some, uh, of course there's funk and hip hop. But there's funk a little bit everywhere. Even Bruno Mars tried to be funky. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody likes the funk. Everybody likes the funk. Funk is just a feeling, and when you feel it, you just know, like, ooh, that's funky. Uh -huh. fun funky makes you want to say, ooh, that's funky. Right. It's just a feeling. It's just. It's just. It does something to your face. It does something to your body. It does yeah, something to you. It you gets know, you. It gets you hyped. You know, it does something to your face. That's the funk. What Make is your it, face scrunch up? What is it about James and hip hop that 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 just it was like the perfect marriage? Um, for so long, um, you know, I mean, his music still gets sampled from time to time. 
um, in sort of mainstream uh, yeah. hip hop. But but you know through through the late seventies, the eighties, and in the nineties, and 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 again, you know, like even you know Kanye on the Watch the Throne, he he was uh you know messing with uh samples with James samples. Yeah. But, but in the early years, in the in the eighties and nineties, what is it about James that was just an un uh, like it was like a, a a full tank always, like you could never get enough James. People would sample, uh, uh, you know, use the same sample, flip it a, a thousand times. No matter, they use the same sample through the whole album. Look at Public Enemy, Funky Drummers, like on probably every other song. Bring what, the noise, why? Rebel Thought Apart. It was just, it was just those beats. He had the beats. That was just, that's what hip hop was, was those beats. And that's what made, like, that's just what made it. No one was, I mean, they rocked over disco for a minute, but once they opened them, them keys to them James Brown vaults, Everybody was on the James Brown, Funky Drummer, Payback, Get Up, Get Into It, Get Involved, all those. They just have the funk. Yeah, it's just the funk. Back to the funk. It's just that feeling. And hip-hop, he had that feeling for hip-hop. Hip-hop was just so street. And they just took whatever they could get. And he had the most stuff. And he was probably played in the household anyway, so everybody already knew new payback and all the other stuff, but they probably dug deeper and got that funky drummer out, the 45, because that's what it only was until you got ultimate breaks and beats. But other than that, it was just James, but the grunt, Uh everything. James Brown was just the foundation to so much. And there was nothing else. I mean, until a Tribe Called Quest came out with jazz, Samples and Gangstar sampling jazz. Everybody was on James Brown, Molly Maul, everybody. Pete Rock even was on some James. Everybody was on James. People still on James, like you said. Like I, when Pete Rock, he's still sampling James Brown. Mad Lib, he still makes James Brown loops. Like there's still stuff out there, and he's just so he's just the foundation of hip hop anyway. As there's no there's no dispute about that. Everybody will say that he's the found one of the foundations. You know, is, I don't know how many James Brown records Bam was rocking, but I mean, James Brown was the man when it came to to getting down. So, like, if you have free reign and, and money's not an issue for sampling, James Brown can still be used. Uh, flipped. Hundred percent. It's st- he's still a viable resource to make banging beats. Correct. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Like you said, Kanye earlier, he sampled them. You know, and I mean, there's even new, there's newer cats that sample them. I'm sure J Cole might have touched a little. I'm sure Kendrick's touching James Brown. Right. You know, everybody's touched James Brown at one point in their career. There's no, there's no escape from James. There's no escape. A scream. You don't even have to sample a, a, a loop. People just sample the scream or something. Mm. They won't even, you know, this is his, and his voice was so powerful. He had that grimy gutter voice, South voice. A voice from the South. He was just so, yeah. James Brown was just a man, period. So you you made these two these two mixes the, the two mixes that I love the, the Funky Press Volume One and Volume Two where can people yeah. find them on probably Mixcloud or just I would just do the good old Google search and put J Rock 
James Brown mix. I, I don't. I know I didn't put them up, but I know people have, and I know they're up there for people's pleasure. I know they're on my mix cloud, maybe volume one, and but volume two is probably out there somewhere. I haven't listened to those in so long. Yo, you bring you bring them back every time I see you. You bring you bring my memories back, and I'm like, man. I remember making those. I made all those off of vinyl too. So them shits, those are all vinyl. Yo, Rock. I don't know how it works, or if you have like the the masters of when you first did them, but no, but, I but do. you should you should drop that shit because as a fan. Like I said, you know, Primo killed it. P. Rockets killed it. Like I think if you're a DJ, at, you've done some sort of James Brown, whether it's James Brown, you. you. But but you should you should put those out. You know, his birthday's coming up, and and yeah, like I, I said, actually, I'm gonna dig them up. I'm gonna dig them up and put those up, man. Please, for the like, fans, right. those are classic. They're so fucking good, and and like you, the thing about those mixes that are so stupid. And and that are so good is that you stay in the loop. Like you'll go to the loop, you'll almost go past the loop, and then you'll go back to the to, to up to the break. You'll stay in the break, and like you just a lot of times, like I'm like just let the shit rock. Like I could just keep hearing this funky drummer, like this this break, like it could just I could just hear it for twenty minutes. You know what I mean? And and you did such a good job uh, of doing it on those two mixes. And so what what do you got in store with this newest mix? Like how are you going to continue to flip it? Man, I just get it. Just listening to them, you get inspired. It, 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 I can't even. It, it's just that's how good it is. You find something new every time I listen. Every time I listen to them, I'll find something new and be like, "Oh man, I haven't did that mix yet. I haven't done that mix yet. Oh man, I didn't even. You know, things will just come to me as I'm playing it. Well, I don't really. I I don't really map it out. I just go in there and. and make a mix and then go back and then clean it up a little and add some overdubs if I need to. But for the most part, I just try and knock it out and just get the vibe. Cause James, yeah, there's just so much. There's still a lot, you know, even his people that he produced that there's so much. I'm a, I'm a James Brown nerd. I even, there's a book called the King labels and it, it's basically a guy just breaking down the label of King and he tells you the band of every record release, but it has every James Brown record in the book mm. and like everything stuff that's not released stuff that man, there's so much, I mean, there's still James Brown that we haven't heard. Mm. If you've, if that's even, he's like Tupac, there's some stuff <laughs> they did. They just, they just haven't been able to, uh, to get the vault open, but every once in a while they'll sprinkle, they'll sprinkle a taste of of something unreleased. You know who makes a good two people that make great James Brown mixes? Also, Edon, he made a dope one called uh, Funky Drummer, and he just played all Funky Drummer records. Oh shit! And, and actually, Quest Love, yes, that's he who because he has keys to the actual vault, so he'll play some shit. Where you'll be like, oh my, oh what the, what the, because he's he's man, he's right hands man with uh, Alan Leeds, and that's his tour manager. Yes. So Questlove got the link already. So he, yeah, I've heard Questlove play a set, and I was like, I need all of that. I never got it, but he has some unreleased gems for sure. Questlove, I never heard Edon shit, but he he always comes with good shit, and Questlove is he's a motherfucker too, of course. 
Yeah, you got Peep Edon, though. He just did all funky drummers. called, I think, Funky Rhyming or something like that. But it's everything that used Funky Drummer. That's all it is. All right, listen, I appreciate it. Uh, we, we, we still have to organize this all James Brown J-Rock party in L.A. That would be yeah, fucking on, dumb. Mike. That would be fucking dumb. I know I, I brought this up before. We got to, like, just meet up for a coffee and organize that shit. Because people, like, for me, it's like, I just want people to, like, get... Just to, to never forget and to never stop appreciating uh, how dope it is. And like I said, when you're at the helms with the James Brown shit, specifically, I mean, whenever you're DJing, you're killing it. But with that James Brown shit, you just oh, have man, like, you. you have an understanding of it. Like you have a complete understanding and can, complete control of it. So we, we got to double down Thanks, and, and make that happen. It would be such yeah, an honor on, for me to make that happen. Man, anytime, Mike. Come on. Thank you for the compliment, but yeah, let's do it. Come on, James Brown's king, and I'm I'm James Brown all day over here. All right, I'll, now I'm gonna stay on your text about you getting the, the your your quote unquote masters for those first two mixes. No, nah, I'm gonna dig them up. I'm gonna dig as soon as I finish this mix. I'm gonna dig those up. All right, and I'm gonna get those up. I'm gonna get those available for the people. All right, bet J Rock. Well, I appreciate. It. I wanted to. I definitely wanted to have you on this all James Brown. Uh, podcast to celebrate his birthday and obviously the yeah. passing of Jabbo so you know oh, we gotta man. make it make Jabbo. it extra funky thank you Mike for having me man alright Rock I'll talk to you soon my man alright Mike peace Listen, I told you it was gonna be funky okay I told you the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast was gonna be funky how could it not be funky alright we're talking James Brown I wanna thank Chocolate Boy Wonder, my man Pete Rock. I want to thank uh, J-Rock. Just a coincidence, by the way. If you're unfamiliar with the two of these people, uh, it's just a coincidence. Uh, there's no relation. Uh, <laughs> I just realized Pete Rock, J-Rock. Um, and, uh, you know, thanks for rocking with me. Thanks for uh, uh, breaking it down, uh, continuing to educate me, continuing to educate the people and celebrating the great James Brown and, and everything he was associated with in uh, uh, music soul music, funk music, and of course, hip-hop. Miles, Jordan, I need to uh, end this show here on um, five fantastic sick fucks of the week. Let me get the sick fuck of the week theme music. Let's go. This award is earned, not given. It's called the sick fuck of the week. This guy's really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. Who fucked the door? You what? You fucked the dog? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? What? Sick fuck. The sick fuck of the week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did... What? No! 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 Yes. Yes, that is the sick fuck of the week theme music. This is an award that is earned, not given. It is an award that is earned, not given. I want to give a shout out to my man... Mike Schaefer, the sick fuck whisperer. I don't know where you get your information, uh, Mike, but this guy has—he's got a—he's got a nose. He's got a pain. He's got—he's got to see sniffs him out. This guy sends me. I got too many sick fucks. I can't even keep up with. Next week, or in the next couple of days, we're doing a, 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 an I am Rapport Stereo podcast, sick fuck of the week emergency podcast because there's been so many sick fucks. I can't even get them all. Into one podcast. I got like lists and lists and lists of fantastic, brain-boggling, sick fucks. 
So all the fans out there, please continue to send them to me. I am being inundated with sick fuck after sick fuck after sick fuck. Uh, but I have to, I have to say, Mike Schaefer, you, my friend, right now are the sick fuck whisperer. You might be the actual sick fuck of the year because you are sending me so many options and opportunities to choose from. In North Texas, this sick fuck, a mother, 25, sort of attractive, doesn't look like uh, your everyday sick fuck of the week. Whose toddlers sadly, unfortunately, died in a hot car. She left her two kids in a hot car to teach them a lesson. This sick fuck got 20 years for their death. Thank God, lock her the fuck up. She should never come the fuck out. 20 years is, is not enough time. What kind of sick fuck would lock their two kids in their car to teach them a lesson? You don't have another, another way of teaching them a lesson? Again, again with the bad parenting. No means no. You don't have to lock them in the fucking car, you sick fuck. Good riddance, you animal, you. Uh, a guy named Brendan Withers. If you look up Brendan Withers, he actually does look like a sick fuck. Um, and that's what I expect when you look up uh, any sick fuck of the week. Look up Brendan Withers, W-I-T-H-E-R-S. This sick fuck kidnapped and shot one of his coworkers because they sent them nude photos of his wife. Listen, they weren't with his wife. They sent him pictures of his wife nude. Listen, that's your wife's problem. Okay, I don't know uh, all the entire backstory, but none of them had sexual relations or relations with his wife. They just got mad because they sent them the pictures. Yo, as far as I'm concerned, they're doing you a favor. They're doing you a favor. He kidnapped them over the weekend and shot one of them. Okay? He's been arrested and been charged with kidnapping, obviously uh, attempted murder. The sick fuck escaped into uh, the woods, but they found him. Most sick fucks, uh, they're not good at hiding for some reason. Uh, but thank God they found this, this sick fuck, okay? It's not your co-worker's fault, it's your wife's fault. Why is she taking nudies, okay? I don't know if they sent her a, a little video. She did a little no-no. But they caught this fucking guy, Brendan Withers. He looked dusty, dirty, and totally out of his fucking tree. This is definitely going to be a uh, top 10 sick fuck of the year. Um, this is in New Zealand. I swear to God, this is real. A and it's shocking. Um, in New Zealand, Auckland, New Zealand. They gave out a drug education pamphlet. This is for real. On how to safely smoke meth. This is totally real. I, I, I don't know what the fucking world is coming to. This is obviously in Australia. Uh, this is very far away. But this is the world we live in. That they gave out a, a drug pamphlet in a school on what to do and how to do it correctly if you're interested in smoking meth. Yo, nobody's interested in smoking meth, okay? You ever see Breaking Bad? Everybody that smokes meth, things and a bad. Shout out to my man, Jesse Pinkman. The students at this high school got a pamphlet outlining 10 ways to quote unquote 
keep well while using the Class A drug. This is no bullshit. When taking meth, eat something every four to five hours. Drink more water than normal. You think? Brush your teeth before and after. You can't sleep on meth. If you want to sleep, sleep later. Don't use it after 3 p.m. Avoid mixing with other drugs and medication. This is real. Protect yourself from HIVs while on meth. If using a glass pipe, clean the inside. Imagine you come home from work. You sent your fucking kid to school all day and they come home with a pamphlet given to them in school on how to properly smoke meth. The entire scholastic public school community in Auckland, New Zealand is a sick fuck of the week. This is way the fuck out there. I mean, right now we're doing on-the-ground sick fuck of the week reporting. That's a real story. That's so way out there. Look it up yourself. Look up pamphlet for smoking meth in New Zealand. Because I have a feeling a lot of listeners are going to be like, this is bullshit. It ain't bullshit. Uh, this is uh, another sick fuck in Brooklyn. And this is... This is, this is really, really uh, crazy. A, a, a veterinarian. A veterinarian, uh, for those of you who don't know, is, is someone who takes care of animals. It's like an animal doctor. Uh, I don't want to talk down to people. I don't want to assume anything. I'm not big with words. Okay. But a veterinarian in Brooklyn has been accused of turning puppies into drug mules. This sick fucking veterinarian got dogs from Spain He brought back the dogs from Spain, but he didn't just bring back the dogs. This sick fuck surgically implanted liquid heroin into the bellies of puppies. You sick fuck you. Guy named Andres El Rosa was arrested for his ghoulish procedures. I mean, this is a veterinarian and he's using puppies as drug mules? You sick fucking animal, you? I don't even know if it's a guy or a girl. It's Andres. Is that a girl's name or a guy's name? Excuse me. My Spanish isn't good. Fortunately, a lot of the, 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 the dogs were saved and rescued. People are fucking nuts, man. And hence the reason why we have the sick fuck of the week segment. Final sick fuck of the week. In Fairfax, Virginia, a sick mom uh, was caught on camera injecting her five-year-old son with a potentially lethal substance while in a hospital in Virginia. Elizabeth Malone, you sick fuck you, committed the crime. Now she's going to do the fucking time injecting her own son with something that could have killed him. Fortunately, the little boy has been saved. The mom, however, will be locked the fuck up for a long time. Listen, I I, I don't make these stories up. I'm just here to share them. Keep your head on a swivel. There's so many sick fucks out there. It's the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast in primetime. Listen, on Friday's episode of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, me and G. Moody have watched the documentary on Netflix called The Rachel Divide. The Rachel Dozel documentary is out. It's on Netflix. I have watched it. I have dissected it. We are going to be giving a full review. A full review of what I am calling 
the greatest dark comedy of 2018. This documentary is bugged the fuck out, okay? Please watch The Rachel Divide. You get it? Like, racial divide? Her documentary is called The Rachel Divide. See, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast in primetime. I want to thank one more time Pete Rock for coming on the Iron Rap Poor Stereo Podcast. I want to thank one more time my man, J-Rock, for coming on the Iron Rap Poor Stereo Podcast. It was a James Brown celebration. Listen to James, celebrate James, pass the peas like they used to say. Miles, Jordan, take us out of here with something funky. Yeah.